What's up, guys? Before we hop into the show, let me tell you about Houselift Colorado. Are you thinking about selling your house, but it's not in tip-top condition? How do you ensure you'll maximize your profit? If your house is in need of an upgrade, Houselift can assist in eliminating all the stress of the remodeling project while matching the current trends that buyers most desire. And get this, there are zero upfront costs from you, the homeowner. That's right. You won't pay for any of the upfront costs from the remodel until your house closes. Houselift will handle everything from the contractors to the design while managing these costs. Here's what you need to do. Head to their website or Facebook page, both at houseliftcolorado.com, and check out the incredible remodels Houselift has done for homeowners here in the metro area. In past jobs, Houselift has put anywhere from fifteen to 60000 more in their clients' pockets. So call 303-885-7888 today and find out what Houselift can do for you. Oh yeah? If you hire one of Houselift's preferred realtors, they will sell your home without charging a listing commission. Let's jump into the show. Broncos country is sitting in the south stands drinking the curves from mile high the best part of the weekend hugging the perfect stranger as they become a friend having a good time when the orange and blue w-i-n tuning in every day with the good folks down at welcome 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 into the bsm broncos podcast on this we'll call it a tropical thursday <laughs> zach stevens rolling with henry chisholm today henry how you doing I'm doing great. Doing I'm, uh, great. I mean, ready to talk some Broncos. Oh, I'm I'm ready to talk Broncos. And you know what? The off season is a great time to uh, open our eyes, see see what else is out there. Uh, whether we're talking about the division, which we did a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we did a lot yesterday. Uh, or whether we're bashing on national reporters. It's my which, favorite thing to do. Which you know, we we declared Wednesday is the day that we're going to do that every single week. Why not extend it to Thursday today and talk about one Maurice Jones-Drew and his running back ratings that have consistently come up from you guys. This is a topic that I've really wanted to talk about for a while now. But before we do, i got to tell you about Elixinol. And don't take our word on, on Elixinol, which is the BSM Broncos presenting sponsor. Take former Broncos quarterback Jake Plummer's word on it. Plummer is a huge fan of Elixinol's Hemp Balm, a topical pain reliever that is just one of Elixinol's many great non-THC products. What's more, 5% of your purchase goes to a nonprofit of your choice. So visit Elixinol.com to get yours today. All right, Henry, this is something that I wanted to do well before Maurice Jones-Drew came out with these silly ratings. And I believe there was also another national person who came out with the ratings and had Phil somewhere in the 20s as well. Uh, you guys are up in arms about it. Well, I'm up in arms. But I wanted to see, be, be, before these came out, I wanted to see just how good Phil truly is. Because it's easy to, to say... He had 1,000 yards as a rookie. He only started eight games. When you watch him, he's great. But 
are you, and I'm expanding this beyond Phil, and this isn't just about Phil. Are you elite if, let's say, you're the 15th best at what you do in the NFL? I don't think you are. Right. No. I mean, it, let's say Joe Flacco goes for 24 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. You think it's fair to classify his season as good? Uh, yeah. You know, two, two to one. I think, I, think yeah. the, I think that's kind of the realistic ceiling for Joe. And not ceiling, but what, what you hope from Joe. That'd put him about average. He certainly wouldn't be elite. And so, regardless of position, you kind of, what, top five is elite? If you want to be even more exclusive, top three? Yeah, yeah, I'd say top five is probably elite. And I think after last year, when people look at Phil, they say, he's great, excellent. You know, the offense runs through him. He's this. He's the most dynamic player, fantastic. Uh, if, if he has a good season, the Broncos are going to be fine. Well, what what if he's... The tenth best running back in the league is it? Are all of those things still hold true? If he's if he's the fifteenth best, if he's the fifth best, do those hold true? So so it's interesting because he was great. I believe he is great, but let's find out how great he is. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting conversation because they're just so many running backs. I guess. Mm-hmm. There's so many running backs, and of course, people naysayers will say it's easy for rookie running backs to have success. That that's all Phil did last year, which is absolute garbage. Yeah. Just like, at least on the surface, when you look at Maurice Jones-Drew rating, where does he have? I mean, I'm scrolling this article. I'm still scrolling. Twenty-three is yeah. where he has. Philip Lindsay on this list, the 23rd best running back. And and to be fair, uh, I'll preface this with exactly what he said. He said ranking all 32 running back ones heading into 2019. So there's 32 options, one being the best, 32 being the worst. He has Phil in the bottom third. And before I stop talking and let you get a word in, Henry, <laughs> I guess he's giving Phil. A compliment by saying he's a, an RB1? I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess yeah, that's I guess where so. we should start because remember, so. not even the Broncos said he was RB1 until Royce got hurt last year. Yeah, it's, I mean, and he does say that in his little blurb about him too. He says a bunch of like great things, like he mentions that he had the second most rushing yards for an undrafted rookie ever, that he, uh, um, that he thinks that the Broncos will run or run the ball more because Vic Pangio wants to focus on the defense. And he also says that he thinks that Phil will be the number one ahead of Royce Freeman, even though there has been a conversation about who will get more carries. You know, I can't stand when rankings are put out like this and a guy is in the bottom third. And it's all positive. And it's all, exactly. It's, it's like, it's where, all po- where's your justification? <laughs> yeah. If you're going to put him at 23, Tell me, you, you can say a good thing if you want. I don't mind that. But then say why he's, you know, worse than all of these other yeah. jumps. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just interesting because when you read through this list, it almost feels like Maurice Jones-Drew told an intern to write down the names of every <laughs> first, first string running back in the NFL and then MJD just put him in random order. Oh, like right. that's kind of what right. it looks like because you see names all over the place, and you're like, "Huh, really? Exactly. Did I miss something? Exactly." And it's come on, it's so easy to do the first five. 
so yeah. so easy. And then after that, not just from let's say maybe I think it was the first seven ish, it's easy to do. But then from literally not just like seven to twelve, it's random. I feel like from seven till thirty, it's it's yeah. it's random. Yeah. Um. So I guess let's let's just start on the guys that are behind Phil. So he has the worst running back, worst starting running back in the league, being Ronald Jones. I'm okay, and, and let's just yeah. let's just talk about this in relation to Phil. I'm okay with that. Yep. Ronald Jones, I freaking loved the talent when but he, he was coming out. He hasn't yeah. done anything. He, he's done nothing. So easy. Kenyon Drake with the Dolphins. Yeah, I've. I feel like the Dolphins have always been so high on him. I never have. Been. And it's always confused me because yeah. I have a couple friends who are Dolphins fans, and they're high on him too. And then you watch him, you're like, wait, what? You, this is the guy. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I don't get it. So I'm okay with that. Thirty Lamar Miller, certainly not where the Texans hoped he would be. No, and I mean he did have a disappointing season. It's interesting that he's right next to the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. That the, yeah. the, the Dolphins move on from Lamar Miller so they can play Kenyon Drake. <laughs> And, and they can say, oh, yeah, it wasn't that much of a drop-off, and we got whatever in return. So I'm okay with that. Um, I was also never been a huge Lamar Miller guy. 29. What is this? The fourth worst running back in the league? Devonta Freeman. Yeah. This was a guy that I had to I, draft in my fantasy draft in, like, the second round yeah, last year. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess he was hurt. He was disappointing last year. Mm-hmm. I had him in fantasy, too. But still... Like, you'd think that he'd be up higher. I, I mean, I think he's one of those guys you put on the same level as Phil and maybe even put him ahead of Phil because he's accomplished. He's done it more consistently except for last year. So, wait, Henry, let's take a step back. Are we just how, – how are we doing this? Are we doing who would you rather have for a game for the rest of their career, for the entirety of their career, or for this season? Let's say for this season. For for a, this season, yep. 16 games, I like that. Who would you swap out for Phil Lindsay? Okay, I, and I like when that. When we put it that way, I don't think I would take Devontae Freeman instead of Phil. I would not either. But I, I do think that he could be in the conversation. It's just that he gets hurt. Yeah, e- yep. exactly. Tevin Coleman. Well, I guess we'll buzz through these these first first few names. Um, yeah, no, I'd rather have Phil. I would too. Phil is just a more explosive, funner, more dynamic Tevin Coleman. Yeah. Uh, David Montgomery. Wow. I did not realize he was a starter for the Bears. I guess not. And I'm also surprised that he's above some of these other names on the list. So easy for me. Yep. This next one, Mark Ingram coming in at 26. A surprise? Uh yeah yeah no I would have I would have had him much higher. Who would you um, rather have? I'll take Phil. I'll take Phil because I love the dynamic ability that he brings o- over Mark Mark Ingram. Yep. Twenty five. David Johnson. Um, I mean, I I would take Phil, but he's another guy who I'm surprised is twenty fifth. Yeah. Like, and again, he just kind of slowed down in the way that running backs do and you don't know if he's going to get it back exactly I, I agree i've you're not going wrong with david johnson but i'm going phil as well colts marlon mack i mean he had some big games last year did still give me phil still for sure so phil has not dipped in our ratings we're not saying that <laughs> mjd has put phil too high that's for sure so we get to phil at number 
23. And let's let's go the opposite way now. Let's go let's start from the top okay. of, of his ratings. So we can just kind of breeze through these. Stop yep. me though if okay. you disagree. Okay. If you think Phil should be higher. One, Saquon Barkley. I'll take Saquon. Two, Alvin Kamara. Take Kamara. Three, Le'Veon Bell. I mean, this one gives you a pause because he hasn't played for a year. You don't know how it's going to affect him. But give me Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, and then you ride Le'Veon. For Four, sure. Ezekiel Elliott. Zeke. For Five, sure. Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Yep, we talked about it yesterday. Six, Todd Gurley. Uh, I, was I mean, say, speaking of pauses. Yeah. What what the heck is going on? I uh, I mean, it's just that mysterious knee injury. Nobody really understands what it is. I mean, have they even said whether that's what hurt him in the playoffs? It's just been this weird thing that now everybody knows Todd Gurley has a bum knee. And now they're drafting guys that are just like yeah. him. Yeah. What, a third-round pick, I think? Yeah, it's a, it's a bad look. I it, mean, it's very bizarre. So who would you take? I mean, it's Todd Gurley. You have to take Todd Gurley, right? <laughs> yeah, you have if we're to. saying just this one year. Yeah, you, you have to, and I don't think it's a slide on Phil at all. Nope. Seven, Melvin Gordon. Again, are, we, are we in discussion mode, or is it still easy? The Well, in terms of talent and ability, I mean, it has to be Melvin Gordon because he's done. he's gotten all the production. The problem is the injuries, and you don't know year to year whether Melvin Gordon will actually be on the field. Exactly, and I'm still going to go with uh, with Melvin Gordon, even taking in injuries into account. He's only played a full 17 or a full 16-game season once. In that, he had 1,100 rushing yards, uh, but still in three out of his four seasons, with the fourth being his rookie season, He's had 1,400 yards from scrimmage, 1,500 yards from scrimmage, and 1,400 yards from scrimmage. So this, he's a beast, even in seasons where he doesn't hold up all year. So I'll take Melvin as well. Okay. We rounded out the top seven, which I said were easy. Yep. Joe Mixon. Easy? It's not easy. That's a really tough one. Um, and take the personal stuff out since it's just on. Yeah, yep, yep. It doesn't matter who Joe Mixon hit. Um, so I think I I think I might take Phil. Mm. In terms of raw production, what Joe Mixon had? Uh, let me pull it up real quick. Holy cow! His his stats are actually wild. He had. 1,500 yards from scrimmage last year. It's pretty incredible. I mean, the 11th most in the league. And I guess you just didn't hear about him because he played for the Bengals. Yeah. And so, what, 1,168 yards rushing. Phil had 1037. So, Mixon gets him by, what, 130 yards? Mm hmm. But if you look at the running efficiency, which is where uh, Phil really shines. Um, you see Phil Lindsay, 5.4 yards per carry. Joe Mixon, 4.9. Phil's second. Mixon's 12th. And Phil just didn't get as many opportunities running the ball. Like, Joe Mixon is a starting running back. Phil started half the games and still split carries with Royce Freeman. I think that those numbers were attainable for Phil last year if he'd been put in the same situation. The question is whether he could actually take that beating. Give me Phil. 
Yeah, give I me, think so. Give me Phil. And, and this one, this one's a little more difficult than, and as it should be, because Joe Mixon's so much higher on the list than a Devontae Freeman, uh, a David Johnson, a Mark Ingram, because those guys, I haven't seen their explosive ability in so long. Whereas Joe Mixon, he does he does have that. He, he can turn any play into a touchdown. Oh, I just when I picture Phil, I just picture the feet, the, yeah. the quickest yeah. feet I've I've ever seen in person. Maybe maybe TD had quicker feet. I never got to see him, you know, up close and personal in a practice. Um, but it's crazy. I, w- I was going to tweet this, and maybe I'll do it later today. You can't take a photo of Phil with his feet not being blurry. And in terms of when, when they're doing <laughs> yeah. the drill, uh, and because I did that this offseason, took multiple pictures, went back and looked uh, at the end of the offseason. I said, oh, my gosh, his feet are always blurry because they're going so fast. And you take a picture of any of the other running backs on the team, and you look at them, you're like, yeah, quick feet, the good feet. They're not blurry. It, it's, <laughs> that, that's what I envision of Phil, and that is so special. Yeah. And uh, so I'm going to go Phil. I'm going to go Phil. I am too. That's, that's the first one where we're both putting him ahead of someone MJD had. Let's see if he belongs right there at eight or if someone else will, someone else will uh, sneak in. Number nine, Nick Chubb. Not Bradley Chubb. So Nick Chubb, also a rookie last year. Um, when you look at the total yards, Phil gets him. Uh, rushing touchdowns, Phil gets him. Efficiency, Phil gets him. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not really sure why Nick Chubb is ahead. Maybe because they think that there's more growth there. I'm not really sure, but uh I'll take Phil. I'm taking Phil I'll as well. Phil. And these are two great guys to compare. They had they had very near identical seasons last year. Uh Nick Chubb didn't become the guy, the guy until right around midway through the season. He had nine starts last year, played in sixteen games. Of course, Phil missed one game, so played in fifteen games, eight starts. And so Nick Chubb, you know, in terms of those numbers, had the advantage and Phil still was able to unseat yeah. him and everything else. So give me Phil and, and this isn't all based off of stats. Stats are a good thing to look at, but the eye test with Phil Outside of what Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, uh, Christian McCaffrey, outside of the the top five, Phil meets the eye test better than anyone else. Yeah, well, and it's because he can do anything. Mm-hmm. You can you can run him up the middle, and he'll be just fine. He won't get hurt. He uh, can run guys over and fall forward somehow. And because he can beat him inside, he can get outside where he is one one of the best running backs in the league in open space. Like that's where I think he's a top four guy, top three guy. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as you get him in space on the outside, it's one-on-one and those feet are just so fast. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just unstoppable. He's, he's, he pushes the defense in and then stretches it to the outside. And that's why he just always looks so efficient because he's always one step ahead. It looks like. Yep, exactly. All right. Next one. This is interesting. Dalvin Cook. Or is it interesting? Uh, I mean, a couple years ago, Dalvin Cook is very interesting. Like, out of college, you say, yeah, that that looks like a guy who should be the guy for a while. But he he's another guy who just gets hurt too much to really bank on. 
Yeah, he really does. He really does. I and when I was thinking of Dalvin Cook, I thought he was a rookie last year. That's because of how like <laughs> yeah, how the injuries have just piled up so much on on him already. If he was healthy, or if he was a rookie right now, I would take Dalvin Cook because I freaking love the talent of Dalvin Cook, and so does yeah. the league. I mean, second round pick uh, really would have been a first round pick if he wasn't if he didn't have the off the field concerns. But two years where he doesn't even start 16 games combined or even play in 16 games combined, I can't do it. And no. I know I know Phil is coming off the wrist surgery. Right now, I can't say it concerns me. Training okay. camp comes around, I'm, I may be knocking him down if Phil isn't able to be on the field and isn't uh, participating in, in everything. But I believe he will be there. I do too. All right, next one, Sony Michelle. Uh, I mean, it's it's just another rookie running back. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Phil had the better regular season. Would that be fair to say? Um, yeah. In part because they were very similar s- splitting time with uh, Sony Michelle and the other guys up until the playoffs, where Michelle really took over. Exactly, and he played well. He um, did. And, that, and that's something that Maurice Jones drew notes. He says uh, 71 carries, 336 yards, six rushing touchdowns, and three playoff games. Mm. And I'm not sure how to weigh those because it makes you think uh, he, he's getting 22 carries a game, 23 carries a game in the playoffs. What would Phil do with that mm, that many opportunities? And that's why... Also, think about this. What would Phil do with the Patriots? You know how uh, everyone said, oh, you cannot let Christian McCaffrey fall yep. to the Patriots at, at yep. the end of the first round. When, when there was talk that Christian was really a second-round running back, which uh-huh. was obviously hogwash. Same thing, right? You, I think so. Oh, how scary would that be? Because the Broncos clearly did not use Philip Lindsay properly <laughs> no. last year. <laughs> no, they did If you want to argue that Philip can't withstand 25 touches a game i can't say that you're 100 wrong because we haven't seen it exactly because we haven't seen it and he is a smaller guy that doesn't really concern me because he doesn't take big hits but we haven't seen it so i'm not going to give you too much pushback but come on it's it's a crime he started half the games last year and that it took an injury for him to get that yeah well and there's still that narrative being pushed that Phil can't be the guy. Mm-hmm. And ev- even among Broncos fans, it's Royce Freeman has to be the number one guy. That yep. way you put Phil Lindsay in good situations. I think Phil Lindsay is more than capable of putting himself in good situations. Mm-hmm. He can beat up a defensive line if he has to. Yep. He can uh, he can get open, like catch a couple balls and run down the field that way. It's not all just like inside zone, outside zone, whatever for Phil and hope that he breaks one because he's productive on the runs that he doesn't break plays either. I think I think there's a, you can't just go only with him and expect him to be fresh in the playoffs because you know that's the goal. But saying Royce Freeman needs more carries than Phil, that's just crazy. Yeah. It 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 is. I completely agree. Okay, so we are through 11 guys um at the top of this list and we have Phil currently at 8. Yep. And we've had a conversation about Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, Sony Michelle. 
I don't think you would be completely wrong if you chose one of those other guys over Phil. Nope. You agree? Yep. This is when it gets absolutely crazy. What is MJD talking about? And here's where you can get the height conspiracy in there. Is, is, is yeah. MJD mad yep. that, that Phil is, you know, 5'8", MJD was 5'7". They both ran the same 40 time. And Phil may be, you know, taking over his role as the short running back in NFL history. Because he has on Johnson at 12. Yeah, on Johnson flashed. That's that's what he did as a rookie. He didn't really produce all that much, but there were a couple times when you thought, oh, wow, that's a really big guy who's really fast. Think about what he could do. And and he did play well. He just didn't play very much. Like He also had 5.4 yards per carry, and I think that helped him. But that's kind of his claim to fame, the 5.4 yards per carry. He didn't get to get on the field much. He what was it? He missed the last six weeks of the season. Exactly. I uh, basically he did exactly what Phil Lindsay did. He was very efficient in somewhat limited touches, but he limited themself himself because he was hurt. Yep. Yeah, the five point four yards per rush is is great. Yeah, good job, carry on. Stay on the field. Phil did it for a whole year. <laughs> yeah, Phil yeah. had five point yeah. four for an entire year, and uh, I don't know, carry on. I, I can't say that I watched a lot of Lions games to be honest, but the eye test with him didn't blow me out of the water. He had a couple plays. He he had, he had a couple plays that I saw where I was like, wow, that's. Kind of, kind of like beast mode stuff mm-hmm. where he's running by guys and then he's running over guys, but he he didn't stay healthy. Yeah. And and if you're projecting one guy to do better this season, I think you have to take Phil because you he's more reliable to stay on the field. This one also just gets me frustrated beyond belief. He has Aaron Jones coming in next. I mean, I don't, I don't even know what to say. I, uh, Am I off my rocker here? <laughs> I don't think so. I, uh, I, I don't get it. I don't get. It. Well, let's run through the stats. 133 carries. Okay. Remember, it's a 16 game season, mm-hmm. so that's what eight carries a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, 728 rushing yards. Pretty good. Eight rushing touchdowns. This is a guy that Packers fans have been in love with for a couple years and he's he's a good running back but he hasn't actually done anything with it which i think is the case for a lot of these guys and it's why it's so frustrating they're ahead of phil because we've already seen phil do it maybe a little cj anderson and aaron jones Mm, where people where, where he can perform he can be good but come on you gotta get a thousand yard season before everyone's oohing and on about you. If you can do it for seven games, great. I mean, that, cool. that, that's, what it, that's what it is. If you yeah. can do your job half the time, I don't think you're keeping your job. No, no, you and, can't. And, and obviously the NFL is a little different in that way, so I'm not saying he should, he should lose his job, but come on. I, I cannot get behind that one bit, especially because he's been in the league for a few years. So, no, no, he's not moving ahead of Phil in my book right there. 14, James Conner. To me, I mean, we're talking about disrespect for Phil. Yep. It seems pretty disrespectful for James Conner. Agreed. I, uh, I'm i not quite as high on James Conner. I think that a lot of his success came from having a good offensive line and a good offensive line coach. 
Fair. Um, and not because, I mean, it's it, honestly, it's mostly because he just stepped in and was a guy who I didn't think could step in and played well, almost as well as Le'Veon Bell did. Right. And that, that just led me to believe that a lot of it was the system and less the running back. But still, you can't ignore the production. Uh, 113.1 scrimmage yards per game is what MJD cites. Um, He should be higher than some of those other guys. It's, I still take Phil ahead of him, but I don't take Aaron Jones ahead of him. And I don't take Carryon Johnson. I don't take Sony Michelle. Yeah. I don't think I take Dalvin Cook, even though Dalvin Cook has that high upside. Yeah. What do we have Phil right now at eight? I think James Conner is top 10. Yeah, I, I don't me know too. if you want to put him nine or ten, but but he's in there. He had the sixth most offensive yards for any running back last year. And you're right. I think the system helped helped a lot. For sure. But I did just like you said, I did not expect nearly the same production that that, that he brought. I expected a massive drop off and, and there wasn't. So I think disrespect for uh for what? What what when was James Connors drafted? It's been a couple years. What round? Like, Do you remember? Oh, was it fifth round maybe? So MJD just has no love for the late round guys. Yeah, it's almost like he stopped watching after college. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what else. Uh, and, could or be he going didn't on. watch Pac-12 football either, because uh, Phil was pretty darn impressive there too. And if you want to point to uh, a longevity thing, and can Phil do it over the course of? however many games, and, and get 25 carries. He was a bell cow beyond belief yep. up there at CU. I think he had the second most rushing attempts in all of college football his senior year. <laughs> so uh, so that's a way to completely get rid of people that say, ah, he can't carry the load. No, he's been carrying the load. Yeah. like the, There's no reason. Just, just because the Broncos didn't give enough carries doesn't mean he can't carry the load. Oh, I right. think that was just a mistake on their part. Just because just because the Broncos staff messed up last year doesn't mean that he can't do it. Yep. Okay, this next one. Derek Henry. Uh, another guy I'm surprised was this low. Yeah. Um I really liked what I saw from him last year. I uh had been a little disappointed before last season, but uh, it, it seemed like there were more times last year that I saw what I thought we were going to see consistently, which was a guy who is really big and really fast, and he can run guys over, get to the sideline, and then outrun the safeties right into the end zone. Right. Um, 99-yard touchdown run last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so uh, what is MJD says? He cites that... Um, after after week twelve, he averaged one hundred and forty six point three rushing yards per game. Yep, so that's pretty good. <laughs> I think uh, I think he has to be higher on this list. I so I <sighs> love Derrick Henry. I loved him coming out. He's the maybe the most rare running back in the NFL in turn, and one maybe one of the most rare ever in the NFL yeah. in terms of size and speed and he does have vision and I agree with you I've been a little disappointed in how the first two and a half seasons of his career have gone yep but if you're choosing him for this season are you going with the first two and a half seasons and saying okay th this is who he is he's, he's a good running back uh, not a thousand yard guy consistently because the first 12 games of last year, he was on pace for 600 
and 32 yards for the year. And that's not acceptable. That's that's not good. Now, he has been splitting reps. I don't know. It was... Uh, Deion Lewis? Was he right. There? Deion yeah. Lewis was there. So, last year was really his first year of being, of Derrick Henry being the guy. And he still was splitting reps. Uh, so, the first two years, you can kind of write off because who do they have? They had that, the former oh, Cowboys running back. Uh, Yeah. Alfred Morris? No. Was he? The, the really oh, good one. No, no, no. The really good Cowboys running back that then went to the Eagles and then was traded. Went to the Eagles. Anyway, and they, they, okay. they had it. He was, Derrick Henry was the backup. So, do you take the guy who last year, the first 12, 12 weeks, he was on pace for 600 rushing yards? Or do you take the guy who, in the last four weeks, if he would have done that over a 16 game season, would have been a 2,300 yard rusher? And that's, I think he can do that. Um, I, I, I'm tempted to take Derrick Henry over Phil. It's a tough decision. I think those two, I, the, the tough part is that they're so different mm-hmm. and, uh, and I have to make a decision. Derrick Henry, six, three, two fifty. He is Von Miller. Exactly. Yeah. That's the comp that comes out all the time. It's, <laughs> yeah. They are the exact same size. That is insane. It is. I mean, uh, it's not easy. It isn't. I think I'm going to have to go Derrick Henry. I'm not going to give you pushback on it because yep. I, I absolutely love Derrick Henry. He's my guy. But I'm going to go Phil. I'm going to go Phil. And the thing that separates yeah. it is the consistency and the vision. I trust Derrick Henry's vision, but I really trust Phil Lindsay's vision. So you have him at nine. I have him at eight. Uh, but you're... <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. But you're not wrong with Derrick Henry there because, I mean, the potential is there to potentially be the best running back in the game. Yep. Number 16, Leonard Fournette. Boy, when the Jags picked him, what, 6-5-4 overall, whatever yeah. that was. They weren't thinking 16th best running back. Certainly, certainly not. Uh, give me Phil. Yeah, I think so. It's, yep. you know, maybe if Leonard's fully healthy, there's a debate and, and not being a whack job, but he's proven to be both of those things yep uh 17 i think we can kind of cruise through these i think we can let me know if i should stop 17 jordan howard i'll take phil 18 chris carson take phil 19 adrian peterson which is just i don't know i don't know whether i would have ranked him higher because he's better or lower because he's older (laughs) but 19 for adrian peterson (laughs) just doesn't seem right yeah it does like adrian peterson is not an average running back exactly he's either going to be top 10 top 5 or he's going to be 32 exactly exactly give me adrian peterson 10 years ago for sure yeah yeah we'll go with that (laughs) 20 damian williams with the chiefs this one no i cannot believe MJD has him ranked higher. I don't. I no. It's that's, bad. That's shameful. Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. Another Bama guy. Love him. I mean, that's that's actually an interesting conversation mm-hmm. because we've only seen him in college, and he was really good in college. Uh, he's a first round draft pick for the Raiders, so he should probably be one of the elite guys in the league if he's a running back drafted in the first round. He should be. And he he was kind of the unquestioned first running back yep. in this draft. And I will take. Phil and not even worry about it. <laughs> this year, give me Phil. Yeah. A little hesitation there. A career, even knowing what Phil's done. Yep. Give me Josh Jacobs. But we're doing this uh-huh. year, so give me Phil. 
Yeah, surprise Josh Jacobs is 21. I think he could he could really skyrocket up there this year, uh, especially with Derek Carr. And finally, the only starting running back we haven't talked about today, number 22, one spot before Phil Lindsay is LaShawn McCoy. And again, I I don't tw- 22 seems low for him. I I expected, I don't know. I I don't think that LaShawn McCoy is the 22nd best running back, I guess. He should be top 15 and he's getting old, but he played decently well last year. Give me Phil for sure, though. Give me Phil for sure. Give me LaShawn McCoy five years ago when he was yep. lighting up my fantasy leagues for yep. me. So there we go. There we go. I mean, what do you guys think? Let us know what you think. We have Phil. I have Phil as the eighth best running back for this season. You have him as the ninth best running back. I think that's pretty fair. I don't think yeah. there's, you know, orange goggles going on here. I don't think so. Um, I don't think, uh, and I also think we're giving him the proper credit he deserves. Now, will he have the eighth or ninth best running back stats this year? Uh, I mean, odds are he won't. Because when you no. when you look at the guys in front of him, I think what we decide, seven or seven guys in front of him, he isn't going to pass. Like it would it would be a huge surprise if he ends up being better than Melvin Gordon this season. Yeah. But when you look back through some of these other guys, Derrick Henry, uh even Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, Sony Michelle, Carry on Johnson, uh a couple it, w- it wouldn't surprise me if a couple of those guys move past him. I just won't pick any of them individually who I think will. I think Phil finished with average stats for a running back one, so fifteen, sixteen. Because I believe that the Broncos are going to split reps between their one and two more than anyone else in the league, or you know, a top yep. five team to split those carries and reps. So that's going to hurt Phil. Yeah, and I think I think he's probably like around thirteenth at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But there just isn't a guy behind him that I want to bank on beating him. It's just a total crapshoot. Exactly. I completely agree with you. That was a fun conversation. I'm happy we did it. Yeah. Now we know exactly where Phil Lindsay lies. You know, I thought maybe he would be borderline top 10 right in that area. Yep. And once we crunched the numbers, he was. So let us know if you guys think we're crazy. And <laughs> Henry, we have another really fun conversation coming up. Oh, good. But first, uh, I got to tell you about Strava Craft Coffee. Strava Craft is a CBD enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so check them out. This CBD infused coffee has taken away long term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety, you name it. CBD is all natural and non psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. I know a lot of people in our company uh, use use StravaCraft as well. Uh, check out check it out for yourself today, and receive twenty percent off when you use code BSN twenty nineteen at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. All right, Henry, another fun conversation today. That's not one of these social experiments that's flying all <laughs> over Twitter. I don't even know what's going on there. Do you? Can you help me out there? I don't. Have you seen them? Like, is that the thing where somebody says, like, social experiments say this, wrong answers only? Yep, exactly. Yeah, those are stupid. Yeah, I I don't get it at all. Why not just say, like, what isn't this? Exactly. I don't don't (laughs) understand why we have to make it the whole double negative, whatever. But what does make sense, because we had maybe a record number of responses, is our question of the week presented by Sports Column. And guys, what a great time to go down to sports column. I think you were there just a few nights ago. I was uh, at a 
Blake Street Tavern. It okay. was like, actually, no, Friday night. There we go. Friday night. Ooh. That counts. And I'll tell you what, Friday nights, they have a great deal going on late night at Sports Yes, column. they do. That's uh, why I was there. It's a great place to go late night. It's a great place to go after a Rockies game. It's a great place to go before a Rockies game. It's a great place to go during a Rockies game. So it make is. sure you check out Sports Column. How was that deal? It was great. Yeah. It was so great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So make sure you check them out. And our question of the week was if you could take one player from the AFC West, not named Patrick Mahomes, and add them to the Broncos, who would you choose? So let's read some of these answers, and then we'll give our take. Nicholas Geyer comes in and says, Travis Kelsey. Mark S. agrees, Travis Kelsey. Then our tight end position would definitely be stacked. Jared Fry, sticking along the tight end route, says Hunter Henry. Just trying to be a little different. Hey, I like that, Jared. Like to like to be different. Um, so we'll just start there for right now. What do you think about the tight end position if you added Travis Kelsey? It's interesting because there are a lot of positions where you could say the Broncos are probably going to be bad, I think would be fair. Uh maybe like uh on the offensive line there are some options center is a big one um you know there there are places where you don't think the broncos are going to be very good tight end really isn't one of those spots you think noah Fant can probably be productive in his first year because he's a first round pick but having two tight ends would also be a lot of fun and maybe for a guy like joe flacco would be worth the pick would it be gronk and aaron hernandez which we know after you did the digging <laughs> was, may not be that it's good. It's kind of turned into a myth. Yeah, like a yeah. legend. I don't I don't know. It's yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think you can't hate on the Travis Kelsey pick because he's one of the best players in the division and the Broncos really do need some more passing targets. At least it wouldn't hurt. Yeah, it wouldn't hurt and I don't think we're going to really truly bash on any of these answers because they're all going to be great players i would Uh, imagine hunter henry over (laughs) travis kelsey yeah yeah um but i feel like there's got to be areas where this team could be more dangerous yeah than that just like you said nick scott speaking of jane danger says either antonio brown or derwin james nick you gotta choose one you gotta (laughs) choose one um I, I'm sure we're going to hear both of those answers again, so let's continue. Ryan Clayman says, Bosa, I always thought this defense would be dangerous with Von Miller and Bosa. Throw Bosa in with Miller and Chubb? Look out. Dominic Siglo comes in and says, give me Bosa. So some Bosa answers. Yeah, and I think that was one of the ones I was tempted by. I can't remember what I ended Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think... I think Bosa is a good one. I think having three pass rushers is a good idea. I think Bosa is an outstanding pick. It's not Aaron Donald. Obviously, he's not the caliber player, and he's not coming from you know the true inside. But this is JJ Watt. Yep. I mean, come on, come on. Now a little bit of health concerns, but (sighs) what this would do? Uh, Yeah what this would do, and a few more along the same lines. Timothy Pierce comes in and says, even though he hasn't played a down yet, Jerry Tillery 
Holy cow, Timothy Pierce. You must have really <laughs> loved when Ryan was hyping him up. No, thank you. No. No, no thank nope. you. There's just more established players for me. If you want to get that defensive lineman, let's go Joey Bosa. Yeah. Uh, Texas Bronco comes in and says, Chris Jones. Of course, Zane Womack chiming in with that. That's another good one, and I can't disagree with Chris Jones. I think I'd still rather have Bosa, though. Right, and I, I would rather have Bosa. Not a bad answer, especially with the production that, yeah. that he's had recently. Yeah. Alex Harrison, ooh, a little off-the-cuff off one, says, Tyron Matthew, real defensive leader, would keep the D mega sharp and focused, but also Melvin Gordon to be a great one-two punch with Philip Lindsay. Melvin Gordon, what do you think? I mean, the one-two punch idea would be a lot of fun, but I don't think that that's the best value you can get. You have what? Let's just say the running back room for the Broncos right now is an 85. Yep. With Melvin Gordon, it's a 97. Yep. That's dangerous. But no, yeah, I'm I'm probably going somewhere else. And so he says Tyron Matthew as well. Jarek Saley comes in with Derwin James. Also, Steve Roach says it's a tie between Derwin James and Travis Kelsey. Oh, DT's stash says Denzel Perryman or Tyron Matthew. So some Tyron Matthew and Derwin James. I mean, is it a to me, it's not a conversation. It is it is it tougher for you? I, I really like Tyron Matthew. Mm. Um, I think it's really cool that people are citing his leadership because that's not what you would have expected a few years ago right. from him. Um, right. Yeah. I think that he he's a very good modern safety. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who I would have a lot of fun with having on the team because you can put him down in the box and have him like light up guys in the run game while also keeping the speed. I think... I think that that is useful for the Broncos because they really don't have a huge need at safety. You're hoping Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, Will Parks can get the job done. But if you throw in a guy like Tyron Matthew who can play any position, you could put him in the slot, you can put him at linebacker, you can put him at safety. You just know he's upgrading wherever he is. Derwin James I see as more of a traditional safety and a very, very good traditional safety, probably better than Tyron Matthew. Um but I don't ah, think. But it I, I don't. Like I don't it's like leaning the, toward the honey badger. Uh, yeah, for one year, I think I go. I go honey badger. Mm, I like that, and, and I like your justification. I think y'all are crazy. Give me Derwin <laughs> James in in a heartbeat. And in fact, between those two, it's easy for me. Derwin James would be up there, just straight up players. I may go pass rusher first. Well, we'll we'll, we'll get to what yeah. we would do in just a second. Cole Vosell comes in and says, I like this. It's a little off the cuff. Says Casey Hayward. Yeah. At, yeah. At a two-time all-pro. Yeah. Cornerback. And then and then all of a sudden Bryce Callahan's your slot guy. He's I mean, your number he's, three. He's your true slot guy. Uh you got yep. your two true slot outside guys. And then Kareem Jackson uh can truly be a safety man. Cole. It's not the move I would make just because you're already at a 90 there. Yep. That, w- that would make it a 100 with, with, yeah, yeah. with your cornerback. Yeah, Chris Harris Jr., Bryce Callahan. And, and maybe, uh. maybe make the argument that, yes, there's upgrades at other places, but that one, I mean, you won a Super Bowl with Von Miller in the no-fly zone. You did. You have Von Miller and Bradley Chubb now. If you have no-fly zone 2.0... Man, it's it's a good argument. Not it where is. I would go, but I'd like I like the thought there. Okay, some more uh, some some different ones. 
Eamon Badwin says Keenan Allen. That guy is a baller. He is. I don't think that's where I'd go. I think if I'm going receiver, how do you not go Antonio Brown? Or I, I don't know if anyone mentions him. Tyree Kill. Yeah, and we'll we'll yep. get to the we'll get to those. <laughs> I'm sure someone has to say that. Uh, yeah, Keenan Allen is is good, but like you said, there's what he's maybe the third best. Maybe yeah. you can even find one other. Yeah. Um, Stephanie comes in and says Travis Kelsey. Mike and Michael Kicken comes in and says Travis Kelsey. Jake Bain comes in and says Derwin James. Mm. Andrew Carter. I'm not surprised it's taken this long to see this, but this is probably a smart one. Andrew Carter says a top-tier offensive lineman for sure. Can't think of any names off the top of my head, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, the biggest hole is left tackle and center, probably. And so, so you're going left tackle, right? Yep, I think so. Um, and Are who you going would that Col- be? Colton Miller? Um, uh, no, or the Miller highest guy. paid right tackle in the game, which who can play left tackle as well? Uh, with uh, oh, that's right. Who was that? Uh, it's former Patriot, uh, Trent Brown. Trent Brown. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's probably the guy if you go offensive line. Maybe like Rodney Hudson at center. Right. Yep. This is the other option. But yeah, if you go offensive line, I think it has to be Trent Brown. Yeah. Unless you're bringing the contract, which I guess yeah. you, you, prob- <laughs> yeah. you probably are. Yeah. That may make you pause a little bit more. Oh, man. To have Juwan James and him. How much would you have? You'd have $30 million invested in two tackles. And not... Two right. great tackles. Exactly. It's not it's not Trent, like you're doing that thinking Trent Brown could be great, but if I sign Trent Brown, I'm hoping he's top ten. Hoping. Yep. And he better be at and least that's, average. That's why and, I'm not going offensive line, because there's too many other guys you can trust, even if they aren't quite as needed. Exactly. Exactly. So Andrew, I'd love it. it I, I feel the exact same way as you. A top tier offensive lineman. But is there one? There isn't. And and when I say lineman, I mean tackle specifically. Yeah, because probably. just that's where the value is. Okay, Lance, I see you. He says, honestly, give me Philip Rivers. If we are in this exact situation with a young quarterback being groomed and a veteran at quarterback, I'd be more ready to trust Rivers over Flacco. What do you think of Rivers? Um I it's it's hard to compare Philip Rivers with some of the other guys we've come up with because I don't think Philip Rivers over Jack Joe Flacco is as much of an upgrade as say Joey Bosa over whichever rotational defensive player Fair. defensive lineman he Fair. replaces. Completely agree. But it's the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And so that makes it really tempting. I I would love to see it. I think I, I can't hate on uh anybody for taking Philip Rivers is what I'm going to say. I wouldn't do it, but I see the rationale. Give me Phil. Yeah. This, this is my answer here. And a little surprised that it's so off the cuff. And that that's why I like it even more is my answer. So Lance, I'm right there with you. Come on. Right now, if this team had Philip Rivers, playoff team. Yep. 10 wins? Yeah, definitely a 10-win team. 12 wins? I'm not writing them off from 12 wins. Uh, potentially, can I say that they're not contending for a Super Bowl? No. I, I think they're, you know, not a huge, not not a favorite to win the Super Bowl, of course. But how much different 
is the Chargers team without not looking at the quarterback is the Chargers team than the Broncos team. I mean, I th- they just seem like they're just a little bit better I everywhere. Agree. I agree. Like if you look at the running back we were talking about before, you take Melvin Gordon over Phil Lindsay. Yep. You wouldn't like it's not something you might not pause about, right. but you would definitely take Melvin Gordon. You would take the Bronco. You would take Von Miller and Bradley Chubb over Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. You would. Um, but then like receivers. Yep. Keenan Allen, yep. Mike Williams, tight ends, tight ends. You're going there. Offensive line. Yeah. You're probably going there. Yeah. I think in safety, you're going oh, with yeah. the Chargers. Cornerbacks. Give me the Broncos. Okay. I think I think it's probably about a wash, but I'd take the Broncos. So yeah, I agree, and, and that's that's why I think that's why I think the Chargers can go fourteen and two this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. It's because they're so they're loaded stacked. everywhere, and I think you know that's why the Broncos could absolutely go twelve and four if Philip Rivers was their quarterback. Yeah, I yeah. think he's two to three games better than Joe Flacco. Probably. So that's that's where it goes down to is it's the quarterback position. Yep. It can help you even uh, not as wide of a margin between Flacco and Rivers helps you more in my mind than a bigger margin between Joey Bosa and Shelby Harris. Yeah, and it's tough because when the Broncos won the Super Bowl the last time, I mean, that was all defense. They had Peyton Manning, but Peyton Manning wasn't Peyton Manning. Right, right. And so I, I really like that mold of just building a very, very good team and having a quarterback who can fill the role, then you love I think, you love what John Elway is doing. Yeah, because that's I think, exactly it. Joe Flacco can be that quarterback. He can. I think. I think he can. And if you add in a guy like Joey Bosa, uh, I, so I don't is know. that is that your answer? I, the more I think about it, the more I like it. Yeah, I like Tyron Matthew too. It's tough to pass up Derwin James. And look at this: we're both going for Chargers players. Shows yep. you what where we think yep. they are right now. Yep. And so I think I think if you go offense, you have to go Phillip Rivers. If you go defense, and I think I might go defense. Yeah. Joey Bosa, how terrifying would that be? Oh, it'd be horrifying. You you would just you, think think about it like this: you'd have the number two overall pick, the number three overall pick, and the number five overall oh. pick. Come on. All rushing the passer. Yep. Uh, yeah. All in their all about to be in their prime. And then you don't even have to uh, the, those guys would get to the quarterback so fast. Yep. Every play. You you drop seven guys in coverage. You might drop eight guys in coverage sometimes. Mm-hmm. You might just say Chubb, Vaughn, uh, and uh Bosa. We're gonna rush oh three against gosh. your five offensive linemen. Double two of them, the other one's gonna get you. And don't forget you still have a great secondary. Yeah. And yeah, w- which is about to maybe look better than the no fly zone just uh, because of that pass rush. Well, if you throw in Tyron Matthew or, uh, <laughs> I, uh yeah, I, I, I think I really like Bosa or, or Phillip rivers. You're not, I think Bosa would be my guy. You're not wrong here. Here's a fun one. Seth is saying Khalil Mack. Oh wait. Uh, Amari <laughs> Cooper. Ooh. Oh wait, honestly, give me Antonio Brown. If we were doing this a year ago, it would have been Khalil Mack for me. Mm -hmm. I'd take him over Bosa. With Vaughn and Chubb. I know he he doesn't fit quite as well. Exactly. He's a little undersized to play the defensive end. So are you you moving Chubb to defensive end? Mack. I'm moving Mack to defensive end. 
Ah, see, give me the guy that that fits the mold right now. Okay, personally, but uh, that's fair. What? How many defensive player of the years does does uh, Joy Bosa have? Zero. And that's why I'm still taking. How many does Khalil Mack have? Yeah, he has one. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. not you're not wrong again. Uh, Dave agrees with you. Tyron Matthew, uh, David Freeze says Rodney Hudson. Yep, yeah, mentioned him. Uh, can't go wrong. Just the value to me personally isn't yep. there. Uh, Kyle Warner goes Travis Kelsey, Antonio Brown, and Keenan Allen. He says those are his picks from each team. Hmm, Keenan Allen. I mean, he doesn't. He's obviously not one of my top two. No, Gosh, I mean he's uh, he's the he's the Broncos' number one receiver though, right? He would be in a yeah. heartbeat. And let me just say these last three because then I want to get back to the wide receiver position. Fortress of uh, Podcast comes in and says Travis Kelsey for sure, Grant Hamilton and Ron Patton both say Derwin James. So we've talked about those guys. Good options there. <sighs> wide receiver. Yesterday. We talked about the position and just so much uncertainty. If you add a Keenan Allen, a, let, let's just say Keenan Allen, a, a very good, solid receiver. You know, you don't yep. you don't call him a playmaker. You call him a, a great receiver. Yep. How do you feel about this receiving core? It's very. It's a very good receiving core. Yep. I think I think right now I'm not high on the Broncos' receiving core. Yeah. Emmanuel Sanders is a pretty average number one receiver he's a he's a very good number two receiver uh but as a number one guy you're like yeah yeah emmanuel sanders um Cortland sutton not a good number two receiver i think there's a good chance he will be by the end of the season but as it stands right, right now he's a bottom third number two Deshaun hamilton is very easily a bottom third number three because they just haven't put up the numbers yet and i think any of those three guys could move up this season but right now this isn't a good receiving group yeah i mean just so, so many question marks with every single position so it makes sense to add that i don't see the value being there for keenan allen though because he makes you feel comfortable you, you, you you're talking about a very good receiving group if i'm going receiver i'm going someone that takes me over the top and there's two guys in this division that can do that. That's Tyreek Hill, which none of you guys said, which I'm so proud of yeah, this community me too. for not wanting him uh, on this team. But there is another guy, too, and that's Antonio Brown. Yep. I mean, he could he could make this from, you know, so many question marks to elite. Yeah. The, the, just by himself adding him to this team. Yeah, and you do have to remember that Antonio Brown can be a little bit psycho of course of course <laughs> especially when it comes to uh interacting with emmanuel sanders mm, wouldn't that be fun <laughs> that'd wouldn't be that be terrible fun? that'd be terrible but uh it, i guess it would be fun from the outside um my thing is if you're trying to improve the offense if you're trying to improve the passing game i'd rather upgrade the quarterback than the receivers yeah yeah that i that... take philip rivers over any of those guys right wise wise so you're going Joey Bosa. I'm going Joey Bosa. I'm going Philip Rivers. Joey Bosa would be my number two. Philip Rivers would be my number two. Uh, Tyron Matthews. Yeah, Tyron Matthews is my number three. <laughs> but he's the guy that you just feel like you missed out on. I feel like there's one of those guys in the draft every year yep. where I'm like, uh, wow, it'd be really nice. Like it was Christian McCaffrey that one year where you're like, wow, he could really do a lot of things. Is he exactly what the Broncos need? Probably not. But 
Wouldn't he be nice to have? Right. Yeah, he, and that's Tyron Matthew to me. Right, and that's exactly how I feel about Dern, Derwin James. That would be just so dangerous with Vic Fangio. So he's also in my top five. Travis Kelsey, of course, and Antonio Brown. That, that rounds up yep. my top five. Man, that would be that would be something else. If Patrick Mahomes was included, is he the obvious one? Yeah. He, he eclipses is. Joey Bosa. He does. Yeah, he, he, does. he eclipses Phillip Rivers for me in a heartbeat. So that, that was fun. Thank you guys for chiming in. Uh, 30 responses on that. So I absolutely love it. If you guys ever have any ideas for these, just uh, slide into my DMs or Henry's DMs. <laughs> yeah, or mine. Henry's I, DMs I enjoy as well. That. Uh, and let's, let's hear from you guys more. But first, let me tell you about Weinster. And if you're trying to figure out how to be a mature, refined adult like RK, or if you just really like wine, you have to check out our friends over at Weinster. Weinster is an innovative online direct-to-consumer wine club connecting wine drinkers with more than 110 of the best wineries in America today. What makes Weinster special is that the majority of the wineries they work with are too small to attract the attention of retailers, meaning not only are you getting access to some delicious and hard-to-find wines, you are also supporting real people making real wine, not one of the few large corporations producing most of the wines available in stores. Like we say, they are the BSN Denver of wine, so definitely check them out. And with Weinster, all you have to do is sit back and relax as they curate a hand-picked shipment from the best small wine producers in the U.S. Then, when you fall in love with a couple wines, as you as a club member, you can have them sent right back to your door with no shipping costs. Oh, and I especially, we especially love Weinster here at BSN because it was founded by three CU Boulder alums, and we have a few of those in our company if uh you may be familiar with one of them for sure and of course it's a it's you know founded by as a colorado native i love that it was founded by three cu uh alums so sign up for your today with the code bsn25 to get 25 dollars off your first shipment of wine and start being a real grown-up that's winester w-i-n-e-s-t-y-r all right henry Let's dive into some questions. Let's hear from the people. And when I pull this up, let me make sure you guys go check out an article that I put up yesterday. Uh, we, we had a talk with Bradley Chubb earlier in the offseason, and he gave some insight as to why he believes he's going to take his game to a whole new level. And it's not just because... He had, you know, 10 and a half or 12 sacks last year. It was kind of an interesting uh, and honest answer. So make sure you guys go and check out that article. We're going to have more articles for you coming up just in the next few days. So stay tuned to bsndenver.com. And Henry, if you subscribe to BSN Denver right now, you get a free t-shirt. One of our awesome t-shirts. And I know we're just, I mean, it's it's batch after batch that's coming out. Yeah, there's so many t-shirts. I love them. I, I've just started building up my collection. Yep. And I have a list of what I need next. <laughs> I'm pretty excited. Uh, yeah. I could wear – this could be my wardrobe. It's just all BSN t-shirts. It is Andre's wardrobe. <laughs> it is. Every, every day in the office, he's walking in with a different yep. BSN shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he has a lot of uh, memberships to BSN, apparently. He must. He must. <laughs> so first one coming in from Nick Geyer, 813. He says, man – I have to say I agree, actually, with Greg Rosenthal about the division ranks. Lay off my guy, Greg. 
He is one of the smartest football minds along with the other dudes on the Around the NFL podcast. And comparing him to Adam Rank is crazy. <laughs> Adam Rank is a child compared to Greg. I wonder what RK thinks about this. I bet his orange tinted glasses are even are tinted even more than you guys think. Haha, <laughs> sorry. Had to grill you guys a little bit. Ah, I love it. I love yeah, the disagreement. Sure. I just, Nick, I wish you would have told me why. Yeah, you, yeah. You I want to really, know what your ranking is. You really think they're the third worst division in football? They have the Chargers and the Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, those are those are the number two and number three teams in the AFC. Yeah. I mean, come on. And at worst, the number five team in the NFL. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And there's 32 teams? Uh, yeah. And again, even and if the, even if the Broncos and Raiders are bad, you know, even if they're 5 and 5 and 11, 6 exactly. and 10, it's still If it's just based on who's going to win the Super Bowl, AFC West should have at worst the third best odds. Yep. Yep, I completely agree because you want to put the Patriots up there. Patriots are up there. <laughs> and then uh, uh maybe maybe you could say fourth. You could put Saints and Rams ahead of them. I don't. I wouldn't put the Rams ahead of him just because AFC has two chances. And Rams all don't of, have Todd Gurley. And all of those teams are in different divisions. Yep. Except for the Chargers. Yeah. And so I think I Chiefs. might go number two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think they are. <laughs> You're not wrong saying they're the best division. Yeah. I think I think I sided with that they're the second best division. But come on, it's a lot better than the third. Third worst <laughs> division, but Nick, I love hearing from you. And hey, if you guys disagree, I mean, Henry and I agree pretty much as much as our RK and Just I. Just disappointing. So. <laughs> I is. thought we would argue it more. It is, especially I have some uh, some close buddies that that sometimes listen to this, and they say they're just screaming at their phone when they listen to this because they completely disagree with everything I say. So I imagine that you guys probably disagree with us, and if so, let us know where we're wrong. Yeah. Why are we wrong? I, I, Other, I will agree that Greg Rosenthal is better than Adam Rank. Would, I would agree with that as well. But I don't agree with his <laughs> rankings. <laughs> with his Adam rankings. His Adam rankings. Next one coming in from Mile High Mike. He says, hey, guys, love having Henry on the show. RK is irreplaceable, but I don't miss the CU Boulder bias as a FOCO <laughs> native. Go uh, Rams. Oh, man, we can we can say that with ease this week. Go Rams. Also, go Buffs. Hey, I'm a DU Pio, so go yeah. Pios. I have uh, I have no bias when it comes to this, except CC is terrible. No, I actually yeah. never. Uh, I never really cared about that rivalry. But he says maybe bring Henry along every once in a while with you and RK and do some triple duty like you did with Perna. Love having you on the show. I'm down whenever. You may be. Uh, he may be pretty busy though. Yeah, I might be. Soon. I might some, be some busy things soon. in the works. Make sure you stay tuned for BSN Denver for even bigger, better coverage. That's how we'll tease that. He says for stand-up comedians, I have two favorites. Check out Brian Reagan. Have you heard of I him? I think it's Regan. Regan for lively, energetic, and clean, family-friendly comedy. He's he's received high praise from Jerry Seinfeld himself. Or s- singles. He he emphasized that a little interesting um and check out daniel tosh for some hilarious mm, cynical yep. and crazy offensive jokes he has a show on comedy central called tosh.0 but his stand-up is definitely better so i have heard of tosh.0 the, the stand-up is really good under a rock stand-up is really good okay and i didn't know that he was a stand-up i mean it makes sense yeah it does yeah i, I bet uh 
when I told my girlfriend about this, how we were, you know, the pod found something else that, that I, that I haven't <laughs> experienced before. And that was stand up comedians. And she goes, Oh, like Dan cook. And I was like, Oh no, no. 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 I even know, I even know this better than you do. It's Dane cook. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so that's, one reason why I don't yeah. do stand up is clearly my girlfriend doesn't either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we do have an update there though. Oh. After the podcast yes, yesterday, yes, we do. Zach and I watched a John Mulaney segment. What'd you yeah. think? He's he's good. He's good. And he is the SNL guy or former. Yeah, SNL he was the guy. like head writer for a couple years. Yeah, and I do I do like SNL. When it's when it's on good. when it's on its game, so I can definitely go for that. Yeah. yeah it was uh it was funny. Yeah. It was You're funny. You're going to have to go back sure. through and watch a couple of those specials because oh, that yeah. wasn't even my favorite bit. Which one was it? Uh The Doctor. Oh, the doctor yeah. One. <laughs> yeah. That's about all uh-huh. we can say about that. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a good one to start off with. Yeah, I'll have to. I, I do like Daniel Tosh. Um, did Dane Cook just fall off? Because he was a thing like 10 yeah. years ago, right? I think even just a couple years ago. Maybe mm-hmm. he just stopped making specials. Maybe, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I just remember during the iTunes days, he was mm, big. Yep. So I I never even watched him. I just listened to him. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard anything for a while. And I don't want to put this out there with no reason, but it seems like with comedians <laughs> when they just fall off, it's because something mm. terrible happened. That's true. That's true. Hope everything's okay. Me too. Dane. And I anticipate that it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But maybe, that's maybe just where my mind went. <laughs> <laughs> he finishes up and says, I've listened to every show by both of these guys dozens of times and still laugh through my commute and that's what it seems like everyone who like who loves this says they can just listen to the same stuff all the time and yeah it, and it still is hilarious yeah hopefully you guys feel the same way about the broncos podcast you just re-listen to episodes <laughs> over the weekend and yeah. laugh just as much as you did the first time he says now for broncos i think you guys are spot on with the division rankings oh, hey thank you for the support other than that i agree with zach that the colts take the afc south i think nine and seven is the highest ceiling for the browns all that talent will be fun to watch but you need more than a beefed up roster to completely change the culture in a losing organization the afc north is open except for the Bengals, while they're not winning or they're not winning i could ramble on for a while but i that's what i'm going to keep it at man freddie kitchens has quite a job on his hands because yeah, there's a, it's a beefed up roster. It's it some, is. some homegrown. It's you brought some, some guys in from the outside. If he does a poor job, then yeah, the Browns are going to fall apart. And that's why it's so risky to bring him on. I think just like two or three years ago, he was a running backs coach for the Cardinals. Yeah. And I mean, I'm less worried about him than I am about Jimmy Haslam. Mm. because the Browns' ownership has been the problem this entire time. Uh, There was another great ESPN investigative story this spring that really dug into that. uh, Like, Coach Lasher gets fired. Jimmy Haslam comes into his office, says, hey, you're done. And the coach just says, no. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like... (laughs) <laughs> that that kind yeah. of stuff just stories like that about how nobody really respects him that he says one thing to one person then says something else to somebody else and just creates this whole mess of a culture that i agree is going to take some time to change and a couple of those guys that they brought in they're guys who uh you worry about in those situations yeah certainly do obj could fly off the handle 
if 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 the, if this team doesn't start out hot, it could be the most toxic explosion of a football team in quite a while. Just because there yeah. are expectations in Cleveland right. for the first time in so long. Yep. So much is going to be on Baker's shoulders. So much. For the play on the field, for holding everyone together, for for powering through the tough times with everyone. It's going to be fun. I mean, them in Oakland are explosive in yeah. potentially a great way for their fan bases and potentially a great way for everyone else. Yep. It's going to be very, very interesting. He says, question, you guys have been spoiling me with killer insight on the tight ends and wide receivers, and I'm loving it. I know you'll be getting into running backs before you read this comment, but I was hoping you could illustrate even more about the skill positions, especially our wide receivers, and I'm particularly curious about the long-term roles. For example, could Sutton be the next DT, or is he more likely to be traded at the end of his rookie contract? Where do you guys see our wide receivers in the next three to five seasons? Will the Broncos need to look to draft and free agency in the next few years, or they could they be set for a while? All right. Long term for Broncos receivers. So we talked a little bit yesterday um, about why I didn't like the idea of drafting receivers uh, just because of the way the roster stacks up. Uh, it'd be just too many young guys. I think that after this year, though, Emmanuel right. Sanders is gone. Yep. And that opens the window to draft a guy. It depends on how these other two look Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, and even Tim Patrick. Who knows? Maybe all three play spectacularly well, and you think, yeah, these are our guys going forward. I think the most likely scenario is Emmanuel Sanders is gone after this season. Yep. Uh, Cortland Sutton looks like a number one guy. Um, maybe he isn't there yet. Maybe he's still better as a number two option, but he looks like he could be a number one guy. And Deshaun Hamilton is a number three, a guy you're com- comfortable with. As you know, when you go into a three wide receiver set, you bring them on, you do whatever with them. Yeah, I think best case scenario after this year is Cortland's your one. Deshaun is your two. You kind of view him as just a less explosive Emmanuel Sanders. Exactly. Um, very fundamentally sound, very trustworthy, can play inside, can play outside. Uh, and then you have Juwan Winfrey. Exactly. And Probably that's why step I step up into that role. And that's why I think that Deshaun Hamilton will be a number three and not the number two. And they're going to go out and sign another top receiver. I think they'll be in the market for one. And to answer your question, Mile High Mike, on if this is, if they're drafting a receiver in the future or if they're signing one. And when I say draft, I don't mean Juwan Winfrey sixth round. I mean draft top two rounds where this is the guy or free agency. They go out and they sign an eight-plus million-dollar player. Yep. It depends on this year. It does. If Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton take that step up, then year three, I mean, they're they're vets. You're feeling good about them. You're drafting a guy. You're, you're not investing a ton of money into that wide receiver position because you don't need to. You hit on two draft picks, so you're set. Uh, you, then you can draft a guy. Maybe you go in and you sign a $5 million receiver to complement the group or uh, – Maybe you go out and you get it. You you do a splash signing for twelve million dollars just to make the group elite. But if those guys don't taste, so so if they step up, it just really opens your options and allows you to to draft someone again. Yeah. If these guys don't step up, you have to turn to free agency. You can't turn to the draft again because then if you turn to the draft, then you're saying, okay, well I hope this next batch of wide receivers or this next top guy 
turns into a guy in two years down the road, and then Corbin Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton are no longer in your plans, you have to go out and sign someone, and you're likely going to have to overpay someone, whether it's keeping Emmanuel on the team, whether it's going out and paying way too much money for an average receiver, whether it's paying elite money to or beyond elite money to an elite receiver. Um, you, It really puts you in a bad position because you can't go and draft someone. You have to go out and overpay. So... That's why this, and, and it all depends on this year. We'll know after this year. Yep. And just looking through the free agents for after this season, uh, there's AJ Green, Devin Funchess, Amari Cooper, Randall Cobb, Robbie Anderson, Michael Thomas, Tyler Boyd, Tyreek Hill, um, obviously Emmanuel Sanders, Larry Fitzgerald, Alan Hearns, Devontae Parker. There are some decent options out there. Mm-hmm. There are yep. some really decent. Uh, Geronimo Allison is a guy I like. Uh, Laquan Treadwell, you could even take a chance on Nelson yeah. Aguilar, but it'll be interesting to see what they do because I could see them saying, you know what, we have the money with Drew Locke under contract, right? We aren't paying receivers. Let's make a run at a guy like Michael Thomas, or if things work out with Tyree Kill, maybe Tyree Kill or Mari Cooper, right? And I think that if they do go after receiver, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to go after a, a big name if they aren't all resigned. Gosh, it would be it'd be dangerous. And yeah, if they're not all re-signed, Michael Thomas is working on an extension right now yep. for him to become the highest paid receiver. Um, yeah, that'll be that'll be very very interesting. So in three to five years, the Broncos hope it's Deshaun Hamilton, Juwan Winfrey, Cortland Sutton, and someone else, whether it's a, a drafted guy or a free agent. That's what they hope. That's and what we'll, they hope we'll know we'll know after this year. All right, final one of the day coming in from Dan Burke. He says, something I've noticed this offseason, there's a lot of hype for Cortland Sutton from a national level. We have Ian Rappaport calling him the next Michael Thomas and Reggie Wayne calling him the future of the NFL. Do you think we've reached the point where anything less than 1,000 yards would be considered a disappointing season? I think it'd be disappointing to some people. I think those people are not quite looking at this Clearly, I think there's the orange tinted goggles. Maybe the national guys are all looking for, you know, if if, if you say Phil Lindsay is going to break out and have another or have a 1200 yard season instead of the close to 1100 he had last year, it's not going to get as many looks as saying Cortland Sutton is going to break out, get a thousand yards. Where's that? So I think there will be this bigger national narrative just because he did underperform a little bit after right. flashing some big time potential. A thousand yards is a lot. It's really a lot. And he's in the, I, I think he's probably more like in that 900, 800 range, 800 probably. 850 would be my number. I don't think you can be disappointed with a 900-yard season. I don't think so either. It would be progress. You're not worried at all if he hits 1,000. Let's say no. he hits 850. Some people may make the argument that you can be worried. You know, it was a fine season, but a little worried. He didn't take the, the drastic step up. P- certainly people that are saying he's the next Michael Thomas, you, you need to be a 1,000-yard receiver this You do. Year. Uh, the future of the NFL, you need to be a 1,000-yard receiver. So if you have those expectations for him, then, yeah, he needs 1,000 yards. I don't have those expectations for I don't him either. right now. I need – ugh. Did they not watch the final four games of last year? I know it was with an inept offensive line. I know it was with an inept quarterback. I know it was with an inept um, uh, signal or, or uh, offensive coordinator and, a, and an inept offense. But still, I mean, DT and Emmanuel putting up fine numbers in yep. that exact same situation earlier. Do I expect him 
Did I expect him to be D-tier Emmanuel last year? No. no. But when he was called upon to be the guy, when other guys had had success as the guy in, in that exact same system, he, he failed. He flat out failed. So that's why my expectations aren't on him being the next Michael Thomas right now. It's not being the future of the NFL. It's to be a good number two receiver this year. I'm still not even set that he will be the next DT of this team. I mean, no way. I need to see more. Uh, I think those national people saw the 700-yard number, which is incredibly impressive. That's why I'm still yep. high on him, not down on him at all. Saw the 700-yard and said, okay, he's a 1,000-yard receiver. He's the future of the NFL. They didn't They didn't fully watch. Yeah. I mean, he just has he has all the physical tools. He just needs to keep like refining the route running, all these little things, and start to get the timing right with quarterbacks. And and all timing isn't just reps though. It's not something you just learn if you do it enough. It takes a feel for the game. And I think a lot of what we saw with Cortland Sutton last year was that he has all these tools, and so you throw the ball up high, and he's big enough that he can just out muscle you, right, and outsize you and box you out or whatever he needs to do. And there was not much finesse to his game. And that's kind of what he needs to add. Because when you think of Michael Thomas, sure, he's a massive guy. Mm-hmm. But he's also quick and smooth. And he gets in and out of his breaks. And he just finds space. And when he finds space, there's no way you can stop him from catching a football. Cortland Sutton is just saying, yeah, I'm going 10 yards up the field. I'm going five yards in. I'll tell the cornerback that before the snap. Right. Because once we get there, I'm going to beat him. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So great question, Dan. Boy, who thought that the people would want more tight end talk and more receiver talk? Not what I expected to hear. (laughs) After what we've talked about this week. You guys are awesome. I love hearing from you. You guys had great participation. It's like I'm giving out participation trophies. I'm I'm a teacher, (laughs) kindergarten teacher, just like my mom. Uh, So thank you guys for all of that support today. Uh, and continue to roll with us. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Henry, it's been a blast again. Loved it as I have every other day this week. And we're almost there. We're almost to we the are. weekend. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. we got a fun, fun, fun conversation coming up about Bradley Chubb, Von Miller, what these guys can do. But before I let you go, let me tell you about Inwego because if you haven't subscribed to Inwego, what are you waiting for? Hit up nearly every Rockies home game this year using Enwego. Not to mention Rocky Mountain Beer Fest, Machine Gun Kelly, Frederick in Flight 5K, Veilcraft Beer Classic, tons of beer flights around the metro area, comedy work shows, you name it. You can do all of these things for as little as $10 for your first month. Use code BSN Denver 15 to save $15. And guys, this offer ends soon. Just in June 30th is when it ends, so make sure you use that code BSN Denver 15. I know everyone at BSN uses uh, Wego. We love it. It's the way to see Denver. It's the way to have fun. It's the way to do something Tuesday night after work, and it's the way to fill your weekend. So make sure you use that code BSN Denver or BSN Den 15. Save $15 off your first month and get that in before June 30th. All right, guys.
Red and 